I think that's just the evolution of really NFL college quarterbacks, right? You know, these guys are getting stronger. They're getting better, more accurate. And their arms are just a lot different than what they were 10, 15, 30 years ago. You know, these guys are really just throwing the ball without having to step into it. Yeah. And I think just with them being as athletic as they are, I think they're able to go ahead and, and make the throws that they do because they've practiced that multiple times and know they can make the throw. Yeah. It's not something that they're doing just a one-off. This is my first time doing it. Let me see if it works. Yeah. It's something that they're used to doing it. It's been repped and the whole traditional style of throwing the ball. I mean, it's kind of out the window. Yeah. But I mean, there's going to be times where you're going to have the quarterback. He's going to step into the throw. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network. It's so funny. Ohio State has a game versus Iowa and they win by 44 points. And it's like both sides, right? Ohio State fans and anti-Ohio State people that just like hate anything Ohio State does. It's like, it's, let's dog them. It's not good, right? Ohio State's not good. CJ Stroud's not good. They're not going to beat a real team when they play a real team. And I guess like, we can focus more on like the other side of it. Like I've never seen a sport more overanalyzed than college football from people who... I'm not saying they don't know what they're talking about, but who have a, this obvious bias against them, right? Mm -hmm. I like talking to Ohio State fans that are just real about it. Like, hey, you know, it, it's okay to not be excited about every aspect of your team. But... There's just like these obvious biases that exist. I mean, you see with every team, Alabama, you know, as soon as Alabama loses, like I told you, Alabama wasn't good. I'm like, what do you mean Alabama's not good? They lost at Tennessee in one of like the toughest environments to play in the last five years. Could have won that game very easily. Mm -hmm. You know, Bryce Young's coming off injury, like looked like, man, he was just amazing out there what he was getting done. It wasn't his fault that they lost. But anyway, there's just all this negativity, but let's go get Nate's perspective on like what you saw and what you think about Ohio State football coming off that Iowa game going into the Penn State game. Yeah, so I didn't get to watch the game live because I was at a memorial service for one of my fraternity brothers mm -hmm. who passed away. But, you know, when I went back and watched the game, the first half was kind of slow, but I kind of expected it to be a little slower just because Iowa's defense is pretty good. I mean, they scored their only touchdown Man. in that game. So I expected that. And then watching the second half and seeing the offense click a little bit more, one of the first things that I noticed was that in the first half, it seemed like the offense was kind of off. And I think that's because Njigba was back in there. And I think they were trying to figure out, hey, who are we going to get the ball to? I have to make sure I'm trying to throw the ball to him and X, Y, Z. So I think the offense was kind of out of sync. And if you go and watch that second half, and yeah, you can say it was second half adjustments too, but it just looked a lot better. And personally, I don't think he should have came back for this game, this Iowa game. I'd rather him rest that hamstring and come back versus Michigan. Like, take the time, relax, like, get the hamstring healthy. But, yeah, man, I think Ohio State did what they were supposed to do. I think Iowa in their first couple games allowed, I think, a total of, what, 44 or 53 points or something crazy like that. And Ohio State pretty much matched it yeah. in one game. Yeah. So. I think that says a lot about the Iowa defense because as bad as Iowa is, their defense is actually pretty good. Yeah. 
So for Ohio State to go out there and dominate on offense like they did, I think it was great. On defense, Ohio State was flying around. I think the Iowa quarterback had 49 total passing yards. Terrible. Terrible. I think the running back was under 50 yards. Like, it was pretty bad. So you talk about Iowa's touchdown. And, you know, it's weird because we can say, well, a football player, CJ Stroud, like someone could say, well, he's not tough. He doesn't have it. And it's like, okay, first of all, he's playing high-level college football. He's getting hit by real like real players, right? This, it's no yeah. joke. So he's definitely has a toughness, but like, if you take it to like what you need to win the national championship, to go out and beat a Georgia or Tennessee or Alabama or Clemson, like you're going to take some shots along the way. And those things happen. And that was like a blown assignment from what I understand. And he got hit and it was really quick in the bulk. It just, it didn't look good, right? Let's, let's just be honest. Like we could be Ohio state fans and be like, Hey man, he got hit. It's like, he just gave it up and mm-hmm. it just didn't look good. But Again, that's a perspective you watch on the game on TV. There's a lot of things that go into it. It's not that basic, but like when you saw that play, it's like, man, that was a great play by Iowa. But like, what do you take away from that? From like what CJ did? The number one thing you have to do is protect the ball. I mean, that's football one on one, especially when you're the ball carrier, right? In that situation, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, there's plenty of times where a quarterback gets hit unexpectedly and he fumbles the ball. Yeah. So. Again, that's part of the game. And as a defensive player, that's what we want to happen. Right. I mean, Iowa's defense schemed it up and their player made a play yeah. and made the correct play. Yeah. Right. But to say CJ Stroud's not tough and that he shouldn't have dropped the ball and all this other stuff, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, it was one play. Yeah. And I mean, he recovered clearly. Yeah. Moving forward, he did a lot better going into that second half. And again, that's just going to allow him just to continue to grow as a quarterback. This is only his second year starting. So I think he'll be okay. Yeah. Well, there's plays in games and quarterbacks, again, from what I understand, not that long ago, you step into the throw. If you're throwing off your back foot or if you hop it and you throw it, it's like you don't do that, right? If you do that, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to play in the league, right? No. Okay. Now, Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, all these guys, you watch, you go turn on any game on any Sunday for the most, they're stepping the throws when they can, but they're not forcing yeah. the step into the throw because they're able to throw almost like as a hop, right? Like their mm-hmm. back feet are going, they're going the opposite way. They're avoiding the hit. And I don't know, is that like the Tory Holt mindset of, and again, he's a wide receiver versus a quarterback, but if you step into the throw and the guy's diving at you and he takes your knee out, well, now you, CJ Stroud's no good for your team if he just tore his knee up. So he's protecting himself. Right. And an event, yeah, is he protecting himself, but he's also protecting the team because why get hit when you don't have to? And I know people want him to run as well, so this is on top of it, but it's like, mm-hmm. I get it. There's going to be a point in time where he's got to go get that first down. It could have. It's third and four. Mm-hmm. Nothing's there. Breaks yeah. down. They're not spying you. You just go get your five yards. You might take a shot and you need it at mm-hmm. that point. But it's like versus Iowa and versus Indiana and all these, like, don't run the ball. Like, what would be the point of it? So stay alive for the play because he's going to drop a 30-yard diamond like the next play. So like stay alive. But from like a quarterback, because like you could watch CJ, like he's not stepping into the throw, but it's like neither is Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and all these guys because mm-hmm. what's the point? So like take that. What do you have for that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the evolution of college or really NFL college quarterbacks, right? You know, these guys are getting stronger. They're getting better, more accurate. And their arms are just a lot different than what they were 10, 15, 30 years ago. You know, these guys are really just throwing the ball without having to step into it. Yeah. And I think just with them being as, you know, athletic as they are, I think they're able to go ahead and and make the throws that they do because of they've 
practice that multiple times and know they, they can make the throw. Yeah. It's not something that they're doing just a one-off. This is my first time doing it. And let me see if it works. It's something that they're used to doing it. It's been repped. And I mean, the whole traditional style of throwing the ball, I mean, it's kind of out the window. Yeah. But I mean, there's going to be times where you're going to have the quarterback. He's going to step into the throw. But I mean, at this point, I think if someone's paying attention to like that portion of, oh, this quarterback's not stepping into his throws all the time. He's not a great quarterback. I mean, they have clearly haven't watched, yeah. you know, the Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Josh Allen's of the yeah. world, right? So again, I think that's just evolution. And as far as, you know, him not running for the first downs and things like that, we already knew that's what he kind of does anyway. Right. So we're not surprised by it. But eventually I think he'll go watch the film. He'll see, hey, there was a couple plays there where I could have went and ran for the first down. And again, these next teams that we're going to play, Penn State, Indiana, Michigan, Northwestern, all these other teams, they're watching as well. So with that being said, if he sees an opening next time, it's one of those things where I think he's going to take off. I don't know if he will. I think he will. And this is the reason why. Go look at Michigan yeah. game yep. where he didn't run, except for the one, yep. and then go look at the Rose Bowl. He watched the film and said, hey, they're not going to spy me. I have to go run for the first time. I agree with that. So I think that's the time he does it when it's like, it's all on the line. Because to that point I was saying earlier, I'm trying not to make my own point, but like the idea of like when you're playing these other teams, what's the point? Like being a Bills fan, when Josh Allen, when they're winning by 21, I know Josh Allen's a different size animal, right? It's a big dude. Yeah. You still don't want him running when they're up 21, but it's in his DNA to just go and do that. Like that's just the type of player he is. That doesn't make him better or worse. And I think like when push comes to shove and maybe it's, why show that now? Like, let Michigan turn your backs, right? The middle linebacker is just gone because he knows he's not going to run. And that's the time he runs. And I think there's going to be a time where like, you're going to take off on this. If this guy turns your back and you don't think it's mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, he's like, he makes these throws 30 yards downfield and there's three guys around his receiver and he's dropping it in there. So it's like, I could also see like, why run the ball? Because he can make that. And once in a while, it's going to get picked off. But you know what? Most of the time, it's not. It's crazy how he's dropping it in there. And it's funny to me to watch people respond and say, CJ Stroud's not a good quarterback, like on social media, Twitter, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he doesn't make the throws. I'm like, there's not one. And I don't care if you're an Ohio State fan or not. There's not one quarterback making the throws that he's making anywhere in the country. It's just not happening. Like, go, Bryce Young's amazing. He's incredible to watch. He is not even coming close. He's not asked to do the same things. He doesn't make those no. throws, never once. It's all underneath and like, without coverage or over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, CJ Stroud's a different guy. But I mean, as far as taking off, though, you got to think like, if this kid's a competitor, like we know he is, like regardless if he's up 21 or whatever it may be, if he feels like, hey, I got to go take off and get this first down, he's going to go and do it, right? I don't think he's calculating in his brain that quick, like, oh, I'm up 21, I'm not going to run. Right. Especially if he's in the heat of the moment, you know, he's in the pocket and he rolls out, he sees an opening. And he knows that he can't drop the ball down to a receiver downfield. I mean, I think he's going to go and take off. I mean, that's just me. But I definitely understand what you're saying, though, from the perspective of it's Penn State or Northwestern or Iowa. I'm up by 30 plus points. There's no point in me running. I totally see that piece, too. Yeah. What do you when you play as a defensive player and you're going against a team where the quarterback isn't known to run, right? And you're not even thinking about it. 
right? At some point. But what if he, like, I'm sure you've seen the situation where they, well, they just did run, right? They just picked up the first down. Do you just carry on your business? Like, we're not going to game plan around this because he's more dangerous doing these things. Like, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think it just depends. Now, if it's something where the game plan was, hey, we're just going to let CJ, or we're going to let this quarterback just run regardless. And then, you know, as the game progresses, this quarterback's then ran for eight first downs. At that point, you make a change. Yeah. Well, it's not going to get to eight, but I get three it. or four first downs. At that point, it's like, hey, we're going to make the yeah, adjustment, yeah. put a spy there, whatever it is you have to do, just because it, it just makes sense. Well, it's kind of like in basketball, if the guy's on a three point shooter and he's hit five threes or three threes, whatever, it's like, we'd rather him shoot that shot as opposed to getting in the paint, right? Like, if he's going to make those, okay, like that's just rare. It's just not typical. So is that kind of one of those things you could look at and say, hey, if CJ is going to run on us, let him run because we'd rather have him do that than drop in 79-yard touchdown pass to Julian Fleming. I mean, yeah, that's one of the things, you know, pick your poison. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, every situation is different. Like I said, it just depends on what that game plan is. Yeah. But yeah, you'd much rather him run for say, seven or eight yards, get the first down, you live to fight another down compared to 80-yard bomb. Yeah. Iowa's offense is awful, right? But Ohio State's defense is really good. And it's weird because it's like Ohio State offense can have a bad day and it might not matter because if they can get some first downs and some yards, which they're going to do, I mean, you could play trestle ball with this team right now, I believe. I mean, they're dropping punts inside the five. So... I mean, I don't know what you think that I'm not saying that they want to do that, but when you have an offense that can go out there and get you 50, but let's say they only get you 30, 35, I mean, the defense can still do their thing. So that's why I don't understand why people are, Ohio State's a really good football team right now. And there's no two ways about it. And I know they haven't played anybody, but it's like the the analytics suggests it doesn't matter who they've played because they're still number one and they're going to have their chance, right? So... Yeah, but even the whole you guys haven't played anybody yet, yeah. like that's not fair. Yeah, assessment. Like, because even the only reason why they say we haven't played anybody is because Notre Dame lost to Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we played Wisconsin. Wisconsin was ranked. Yeah. And we just happened to blow them out. Right. Iowa's defense was pretty good. Yeah. We just happened to score fifty plus points on them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know how fair of an assessment that is for people to be like, Ohio State's not that good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just one of those things where regardless of what you do, someone's going to say something negative about it. I mean, for a while there, they said the SEC, I'll use this example because it's funny. A lot of the people who are SEC fans, they'll talk about Georgia and Alabama being the only two teams and sometimes LSU, the only two or three teams that can really get anything done in the SEC, right? Right. But as soon as Tennessee beats Alabama, they say things like, well, you know, Tennessee's in the SEC, and that's why we're so great. That's why they're able to beat Alabama. But before, Tennessee wasn't even in in the discussion. Right. So it's just one of those things where people just say things just to say things, and it it really doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So just my two cents on that one. But when we play Michigan, and when we beat Michigan, Mm. go ahead, what's today? October 25th. Yeah. Go ahead. You can quote me on that one. Mark it down October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we beat Michigan, they're going to say, oh, well, you guys haven't played anybody. Yeah. Still. Or Michigan has a down year or Michigan's defense isn't what it was last year. So right. that's why Ohio State XYZ. Yeah. Right. So 
it is what it is Mark, yeah. at this point. And that's life, right? I mean, mm-hmm. as a player, as a person, as a student, as a friend, like constantly hearing, there's always excuses as to why that person had success. There's always this, there's always that. And it seems like there's so much wasted energy going around. And it's weird to me that Ohio State or pick a team, it doesn't matter, is so like, they just don't want them to be good. But that's life, right? It's not just Ohio State. It's like, they want to bring down success. Yeah. I mean, Coach Trestle always used to say things like, there's one quote he said, man, it is tough being great. We'd laugh about that and we never really understood it. And we thought it was tough being great meant like, hey, you have to go and do not only what you're supposed to do, but you're also got to do the extra things. Right. Right. So that was one part of it. But the other piece is that when you're great, you got to deal with hate as well mm. because people don't like to see someone doing well. Right. They want to see them knocked down so that they can almost make them look like, see, they are human. Yeah. They do believe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's one of the hardest parts about being great, whether it's at Ohio State, just being great in general. The easy part is the work that you have to put in. And I say easy in quotations. Sure. The hard part is having to deal with the outside noise. Yeah. And that's what you have to do at Ohio State and really in life. But man, these kids are doing a great job, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah. I mean, oh man, everybody's saying everything bad about them. Yeah. Like this defense is finally playing like a defense. And just to be told, hey, you guys aren't playing anybody. Right. So that's why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, bro, what? 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's tough being great, but, you know, they just got to keep on going, getting after it. And I, I yeah. think they'll be fine. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you what. All right. I know you love running the football. I was a good defense. I mean, what do you want to say? Like, they sniffed it out. Like, they weren't getting much in the running game. Does that worry you at all? Or do you just chalk it up to, like, Man, that was just a good defense, or they just didn't have their best day. Like, I was good defense. They said, hey, you're either going to beat me in the air or you're going to beat me on the ground. You're not going to beat me in both. And they decided that's what they were going to do. But to me, it made sense just because that Iowa defense really wasn't, based off of what I've seen, they weren't that fast. Yeah. So it made sense that they were going to put eight in a box and you're not going to run the ball against us. They forced CJ Stroud to beat them. And that first half, they actually played tough. Yeah. In the first half, and again, say that in quotations, in that second half, once that offense started clicking, it was pretty much over. I think they apply. I think that OSU offense applies so much pressure for the other team to have to score. You have to keep up because at some point they're going to go on their run and they're going to get some scores. So you have to maybe get up on them really big. But it's over time, the defense is going to be out there too many. You're going to feel it, right? It's like a touchdown, Mm -hmm. another touchdown, another one. It's like even when they weren't scoring touchdowns, they were still there. I'm like, mm-hmm. they had, I think it was 16 points in the first quarter. And you're like, they didn't play well. I'm like, they just scored 16 points in a quarter. And I know I would turn the yeah. ball over, but it's like, if you do that, if you break that, that's 64 points in a game. Like, yeah. Yeah. and you know, it's cool. It's like, hey man, the field goal kicker got a little workout. So you want to make sure he can make them too, because there's going to be games when... They're going to count. Yep. Really count. Yeah. They were dancing with the running backs. Travion and Mayan were dancing a little bit, but at the same time, I don't know if that's because... If they could get to the outside edge, they would have had something, right? They couldn't get there because they're sound tackling team. Like, Mm -hmm. no, Iowa's defense is tough. I mean, we lit them up through the sky, but I mean, it's still a tough defense. So it was what it was. Yeah. You said your son was sick, right? Mm -hmm. So you're the head coach of a major college football program, and your son is the coordinator for one of those, let's call him the offensive coordinator. And he's not doing well. 
and we're talking about Iowa's football program. And Kirk's been there a long time, and his offense, his son runs it. I mean, and I heard like that it's like one of the worst things that people are watching, like people designing plays as like just like what is happening. Again, talent matters, but they got some players. It's not like Iowa doesn't have talent. I know they're not Ohio State's offense, but like, are you firing your son? I mean, are you even maybe putting him in that position to begin with? But like, he has to go. He has to go. Listen, I don't know what they do over at Iowa City and at Iowa, but I know at the Ohio State University, when Coach Trestle resigned and he spoke to the team right before, he looked us in the eye and he said, no one's bigger than the program. No one's bigger than Ohio State. And that's why he resigned. So with that messaging, I'm sorry, regardless if that's my son and I'm the head coach, no one's bigger than this program. Son, you're still going to be my son, but you're trash. (laughs) You got to go. Like, I've been here forever, and they've been letting me stay here because I have been here forever, but you're trash. Son, you probably need to go be an assistant again somewhere. Go learn another offense under somewhere else. Maybe I've coddled you too much here, Iowa, and you need to go somewhere else to learn and grow. Yeah. Because right now you're not helping this football team and me keeping you here outside of paying your bills and everything like that. Like, I'm not helping you at all. So, yeah, he's got to go, man. He's got to go. I'm just Googling it. So that was my son. Like I said, like, I still love you. You know, when I die, you still going to inherit whatever else I leave you. But it's time for you to go, man. Yeah. I just Googled it. I just wanted to know because I'm like, it's Tuesday. So we've had a few days. It's three days after the game. How is he not fired already? And again, I'm not here. I don't like calling for people's jobs and all this stuff, but it's like, mm-hmm. what are they doing? And if he doesn't go, then you got to go down with the ship. Then the coach has to go. And in the conversation that we had in our second episode, yes. that told me everything I needed. I'm like, man, Iowa deserved an ass kicking because they've been playing off of that one game that they beat Ohio State five years ago. And that's all they talk about. So it's like, because that's cool. If you want to be that program, that every five years you pull a random upset on a great day and it's a great moment. I'm not saying it's not. That was a big win for that program. And I get it. They went to the Big Ten Championship game last year. Whatever. Yes, the Big Ten West is terrible. It's terrible. I don't know if they've ever won a championship game. But okay, what are you doing? Like, what is your program about? I thought Iowa football was supposed to be like, I'm not saying they're a national championship, but like you don't win a Big Ten like ever. You don't compete ever. Listen, I remember the Iowa that was competing. I remember the Iowa in 2009 that it came down to the shoe and we were battling to determine who's going to go to the Rose Bowl. That's the Iowa I remember. Yeah. The, who had a, actually a great offense, a great quarterback, great defense. This Iowa right here, I don't know who this is. Yeah. Yeah. This Iowa has to go. This is the Iowa that scored, was it nine points versus Iowa State? Yeah. <laughs> Three field goals, I think they may have had something like something crazy like that. Like, yeah, for real. What are you doing? That's a big program. They have a lot of money and they cannot be happy. You can't be losing this way. No. Like, if it's a recruiting issue, if I was having a recruiting issue, then you have to look at it from the top down. Like, okay, if you're having a recruiting issue and you're not getting the recruits you need here, something's wrong here. Why don't players want to come play here? Yeah. What's the culture? They got defensive players. That's okay. Cool. Why aren't your offensive players going here? Yeah. It's 2022, though, man. Is it your son because he's trash? So you're going to be good. But if your defense is good, congratulations. You just gave up 47 points on offense. But you just said it. They have defensive players. Yeah. Why aren't offensive players coming yeah. to your play at yeah. Iowa? What's going on yeah. here? Who would play there? There was a time where Iowa used to light it up. 
receivers were great, tight ends were great, quarterbacks were great. What happened? Yeah. Do we know who the coordinator was back in 2009? Was it his son? No, it was not. He's newer. Yeah, I'm going to say, who was the coordinator back then? Yeah. And what was he doing compared to what his son is doing? Yeah. Because that's a recruiting. At that point, it's a culture and a recruiting issue. Yeah. Ohio State has zero problems getting quarterbacks and wide receivers right now. Man. Why? I'll tell you what. You feel what I'm saying? We don't have an issue doing that because this is what we do. As you turn on the games on Sunday, these guys are just Paris Campbell now. He's been injured. Uh, he balled yeah. out. Yeah, he did. That's two games in a row. I mean, he's stacking those games together, which you need to do in that league because they're not just running gadget plays for him anymore. They're like treating him like a receiver. And then you can throw that other stuff in there. Now he's dangerous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll find out. We can list it out the history of offensive coordinators at Iowa, but like whatever that is, that's not it. And that's a problem because it's like, I don't know, man, the Big Ten's like we talk about it. Yeah, Penn State's a good team. I don't know, saying they're a national championship contender, but Penn State's still, but they recruit. they recruit and they're still a good team. They're like on par with some of the top three or four or five programs in the SEC. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough game. Michigan's obviously gonna be a tough game. There might be one or two others, but it's like, you want to blame Ohio State for these teams. What do you want Ohio State to do? They tried to schedule Notre Dame. That's a top five program every year, top 10 program. What do you want them to do? And you know what? Ohio State, you want to play them? Let's play them. Like, I don't think they're running from, they've played all the teams. Yeah. But the Big Ten is my point is like these other teams, like what are they doing? Like Wisconsin, Iowa. There's certain schools where I'm like, dang, I don't know what's going on with them. Another school is kind of like, huh, you just never know what you're going to get. Like for me, looking at Northwestern, I feel like it's every other year or every two years they have a good team. I don't know why it's like that, but I expect the ups and downs from Northwestern. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be playing the Big Ten championship or not making a bowl game. But either way, it's going to be one of the two. Teams like Nebraska, with that program history, like there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to recruit and the culture shouldn't be like top tier, right? Even with Frost, well, Frost was there, not anymore. Like there shouldn't have been an issue for him recruiting there yeah. just because of the program. Iowa, the same thing. So I don't know if it's they're not getting the players because the coaches and the culture or whatever it may be, or they're not getting the players because they're like, I don't want to play against those guys that are going to Ohio State and Michigan yeah. and Penn State. I don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah, you know what I mean? But even Wisconsin, Wisconsin hasn't been horrible. No. When the coach got fired, I'm kind of like, that was kind of, yeah. oh, okay. Maybe something else was going on in the background that we didn't know. Maybe your quarterback's not any good, right? Yeah. Someone had to go down. That was bad. But yeah, I agree. Wisconsin's been good, but just need these teams. They're not, they're not going to recruit. When you turn on the game, and nowadays it's different, right? Now with social media, you got to instant. I could watch highlights for days. I, I could just, so I'm going to watch. If I'm a receiver, I'm not going to Iowa. I'm not going anywhere near that place. No. And if my son's a receiver, there's no, I mean, forget the Big Ten. I know you want to go to Iowa, son, but I don't even know if they threw the ball to a receiver in that game. I would go to Iowa State over Iowa at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it was between, if I'm a kid in Iowa, I'm going to Iowa State. What about, I'd go to Toledo, right? I they mean, came in, there was an Toledo offense. Too. Yeah. There's Mac schools, there's mid mate. I mean, they are running better off, like way more sophisticated offenses than what that was. It's embarrassing. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I have no idea. Not our problem, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 10 points were scored, seven points were scored by the defense. Yeah. I heard that kid who was at Jack Campbell, was he the one who scored the touchdown or? Mm, I don't remember who recovered and scored. Yeah. Whatever it was, his family was sitting in that end zone. And he said, he told his son, if you score, come give me the ball. 
And he scored a touchdown in that end zone. That's crazy. But he couldn't give him the ball because he got a 15-yard penalty and he'd get in trouble and they have to pay a fine and all this stuff. But they had like some sort of hand gesture. But that's cool, man. I mean, in the horseshoe and you did all that. Yeah. That was... <laughs> you produced the only touchdown of your team. Good job. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, man, I like stories like that. I mean, the kid needs to work hard all offseason and go out there in the shoe and make a play yep. right in front of your parents in that end zone. I mean, that's how they make movies in Hollywood, man. So I'm happy for him for that one, for sure. Yeah, that's cool. One player to highlight is Zach Harrison. He flashed. He had a good game. He he definitely had a good game. I know early on, I was talking to someone. I was like, man, I don't know what Zach Harrison is doing. Like, he's not really playing well. They've moved him from outside to inside. He's not really making any plays. And I promise you, it was like two or three minutes later. Yeah. He ended up getting, I think, the strip sack or sack or something like that. He's sack, he's batting balls down, he's getting pressure. It was like he heard me. He did. Like he did, miles man. away. And then just like, hey, let me just go ball out real quick. Just to shut you up. And I was like, all right. That's a big, I mean, huge expectations. Number one recruit in the country, right? Like big time following the Boses and Chase Young. And that's a lot of pressure on a kid. Yeah. He's good. And, you know, we'll see. But he's, man, he's long arms. And, and he looks the part. He might just be one of them kids that's still trying to figure it out. When I say figure it out, I mean like grow into his body, yeah. figure out how to move. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like the Bosa's, I mean, they were pretty much bred and taught Man. how to play Dia. Like that's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> and then Chase Young, he came in and got to learn from them, plus Larry Johnson. And I think Zach Harrison was just raw. He was just a, a big kid who's really trying to figure out how to play the defensive end slash at this point, D tackle position in college football. And you know, hopefully he continues just to make steps in the right direction towards the end of the year. He just continues to ball out because we're going to need him. Yeah. Especially versus Michigan, Big Ten Championship, playoffs. Yeah. Well, if he can keep doing this, if he trends in that direction, that's a big difference maker out there. We need it. Yeah. We need it. Because he's dangerous. He look when he plays dangerous. And Oh, man. Yeah. Keeping the D-line fresh is everything. And also, I don't know what's going on at Ohio State at the moment, but every time... I see the list of players who aren't playing. I'm just kind of like, yo, what is happening yeah. at Ohio State? Yeah. It's like, I expect 15 or more every time, which yeah. is wild. It is wild. Yeah, I don't know. And they keep it so close. I know a lot of media people have been upset because they find out like 30 minutes before kickoff that this guy's not playing, mm -hmm. but they saw him on the field warming up. So they said they were going to try to, what I understand, I think Cleveland.com was reporting that they were going to try to get them some information a little bit sooner. But man, they play that as close to the vest as possible. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at the list. I was like, is anyone playing? Yeah. What's his name? Is it Bab? I think it is. Cameron Bab. Yeah. Has he played this year? I feel like he's always on the list. No, he has not played. I don't think he has played because I see him on the yeah, sidelines right? a lot. He's a captain. He wears that zero too. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think he's played. I don't think Mitchell has played much this year. I feel like he's been on that list a lot. Yep. Jordan Hancock got out there this week and he could be starting for them. So it's hard to tell what people say. Like he played well. It's just like, I was not a great test for it, but that's probably a good, like ease into it. Listen, he got reps. He's got reps. Yeah, you're on the field. He got reps. That's all that matters. Yeah. We'll figure the other piece out. As long as he gets reps, that's all that matters. So I looked Ohio State at Penn State. It's a noon game. Thank goodness they don't got to go to that whiteout. Although that's fun to watch. I'll tell you what, man. Yeah. They are favored by 15 and a half. Penn State kind of waxed Minnesota, but I saw, you know, Minnesota's 
Tanner Morgan, whatever his name is, the quarterback, he was out last week. So they're playing with a backup quarterback. Minnesota's three and three, three and four, whatever they are. Like they're not the best and they struggled. And you don't have your starting quarterback, your leader. It just wasn't going to work out for them. But Penn State's not as bad as they were against Michigan. I don't know if they're as good as they looked versus Minnesota. This is a different game, 15 and a half points. What do you think? I don't know. Only because I don't see anyone stopping our wide receivers. Yeah. Like only we can stop our wide receivers, if that makes sense. They got some corners. I mean, they got some good corners. I know they do, but I don't see anyone stopping us. That's just me. And I didn't realize how Harrison, I didn't realize he was 6'4", 205. I didn't realize he was that big. So I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I don't know if Penn State, they love those 50-50 balls. Mm-hmm. Does that drive defensive backs crazy? Or do you like love that? Because it's like, man, I could get a 50-50 means I got a 50% chance of getting that ball too. But And they just throw them up and you're running. And it's hard to like, when do you turn around? Like we talked about last week, but they love those 50-50 balls. It depends on the position. Now, if you're in a position where you can be comfortable and you can actually go up and make a play on that 50-50 ball, great. But if you're in a position where, like, man, you're still struggling to, like, getting in position to go and make a play, and you just got to play that guy's hands, it's different. It's definitely one of those things where the wide receiver has the advantage Yeah. on those 50-50 balls. Now, if you're chasing like that, you hope that you have over-top help. So that safety that's over the top, that's the person that's going to go and make the play. Hopefully, go there and help you make the play, I should say. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Ohio State safeties are they're dangerous. So... I wouldn't oh, yeah. be surprised if they let the front seven handle the running game, keep some safeties back. That's the thing. I'm like, even if Ohio State's offense, let's say they just continue and they kind of sputter a little bit, they don't have the best game. Can Penn State move the ball consistently without punting it back to Ohio State, giving the offense more chances? Can Penn State move the ball on Ohio State? And if they can't, I don't think it matters because Ohio State will eventually get enough points for it Listen, any given Saturday, anything can happen. Those guys from Penn State. For sure. On the road game. Yeah, those guys are yeah, yeah. on scholarship as well. Some of those guys get recruited by Ohio State. So, Oh, yeah. Clearly, the talent is there. So, I don't know. I think Penn State definitely would be able to move the ball against our defense. Now, with that being said, I come from an era where we said, Ben, don't break. So, if they get a first down here and there, they get a couple chunk yards here and there, that's okay. But as long as they don't get in that end zone, score a touchdown to win, if you force them into a field goal, the defense, you won. Yeah. Field goal or punt, you win. That's all that matters, right? So, yeah. But yeah, I think they'll be able to move it a, a little bit. But this Ohio State defense, I think they've been playing great in the run. And I mean, they'll be tested again here versus Penn State. But I know versus Notre Dame, what was that, week one or whatever it was? Yeah. I think they did a great job against the run. So I'm thinking it'll be the same thing here. They'll make their adjustments and we'll be able to go as long as we're healthy. I don't know who's going to be on that injured chart yet. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's also that piece too. <laughs> we find out together on kickoff. Right. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Where that ends up happening. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, that's good, man. I appreciate it. Let's keep doing these. You know, we got some good guests coming up. We might have another second episode this week. We get your boy on here, but this is good, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. 
Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.